It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We are just past the halfway point of the NBA season. With the Orlando Magic getting a few days off, we're going to take a pause, think about the future, think about the present, think about a whole lot more. It's time for a look ahead to the third quarter of the season. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are indeed locked on magic. Today is January 18th. It'll be January 19th, 2023. By the time you listen to this, I don't know. Uh, my name is Philip Rosterreich. I'm the site expert and editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to be thinking about what's coming up ahead in the third quarter of the Orlando Magic season. The next 18 to 22 games or so, pretty much until the All-Star break. Um, a little bit past the All-Star breaks when the, when the third quarter of the season officially ends. Um, we will chat a little bit about what to expect from the Magic on the court, as well as, perhaps more interestingly, off the court. All the implications, the latest trade rumors coming up in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA, to search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. There's no getting around it, there's no avoiding it, there's no denying it, there's no changing it. We are officially in crunch time for the NBA trade deadline. Uh, The NBA trade deadline is on February 9th. We are officially now three weeks away, two weeks away. Uh, No, not two weeks. We're definitely not two weeks away. We're three three weeks away from the NBA trade deadline and everyone putting their pencils down and figuring out what their team's going to look like for the rest of the season. There are already, there's already plenty of speculation. There's already plenty to talk about with what the magic might do. The Magic are widely or largely expected to be fairly quiet, but they do have some interesting players that might be available on the trade market. Terrence Ross, uh, probably first and foremost, he's on an expiring contract. A veteran player who's already hinted that he would like to try and play on a winning team somewhere out there, um, although uh, he has had a really good bounce back season from la- uh, after last struggling so much last year. The question is always, how much are the Magic going to get for him and, and, and all that? Uh, you know, certainly the Magic have been asking for a pretty steep price, but perhaps that price has come down a little bit now that the Magic have some young players they probably want to see on their roster and so on and so forth. There might also be some interest around the league in Mobamba, a young center on a very team-friendly contract who probably needs a change of scenery, probably needed a change of scenery 
this summer when he entered free agency and decided to stay in Orlando, he's been squeezed out of the rotation. He has he's kind of plateaued a little bit. I want to say he's he's gotten better, but just not what the Magic need or what the Magic are looking for from that backup center spot. It, it would appear. Uh, and then, of course, there's Gary Harris, the veteran stalwart. And the Magic could probably get the most value out of and for, uh, but are probably still really dependent on uh, to make this lineup function. With so few veteran players, Gary Harris really is a stabilizer. And we're going to talk a little bit more tomorrow about the Magic starting lineup and what Gary Harris has brought to that starting group. We'll get to that on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. Again, it'll probably post around this same time, late, uh, early evening, uh, on, on Thursday, so t- 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 keep an eye out for that. Um, those are really the three main players for the Orlando Magic at the trade deadline. And so so obviously the question for the Orlando Magic is, what are they going to do at the deadline? Are they going to make a splash? Are they going to... Um, are they going to be active at the deadline? And like I said, I, I think they will take calls. I think they will listen to things. But my suspicion is the Magic are not likely to be a very active player at the trade deadline. If I'm reading the tea leaves, if I'm understanding what Jeff Weltman is saying and 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 what and how this franchise is acting, I think Orlando's in this very weird spot where they are very clearly too good to tank. They're a solid four and a half games up on the Detroit Pistons for 14th in the East. So they are comfortably 13th in the East. They're four games back of the play-in tournament, of the finals of the Chicago Bulls for that final spot in the play-in tournament, which is probably too far back to, to really make an aggressive move. And the play-in, as Jeff Waldman has said, he's not here for the sugar high of mediocrity. He doesn't want to just make the play-in tournament. He wants to build something that's going to get there and, and go beyond. And so clearly, the Magic are a team on the ascent. Everyone kind of feels and sees it coming. Uh, but this team still has a lot of work to do and a, lo- a long way to go to get there. So it's 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 a tricky spot for the Magic. Um, I would often say that the trade deadline is about buyers and sellers. It's about uh, uh, you know teams that are just just short of what their goals are, whether that's winning a championship, whether that's making the playoffs, just short of what their goals are trying to find out on the market something to get them over the top. They're buyers. And then they're sellers, teams that have disappointed or not reached expectations or franchises like the Magic were a few years ago at a crossroads who are ready to hit the reset button or need to clear cap room to set themselves up for the summer. The Magic are frankly neither. They're neither a buyer nor a seller. They're, they're, they want to be a buyer eventually, um, and they're getting closer to that mark. Um, and, and again, I think this, this, this offseason is going to be a, uh, the opportunity to, to, to get some stuff done. Um, the Magic are closer to a buyer, but they're, at, you know, looking at their record, looking at what they've developed, looking at where they are, they have to feel pretty comfortable with what they're doing and, and, and where this team is. And so they're not quite a seller either. Like I said, the, the only players that the Magic are probably really seriously considering trading are players that they've already concluded they don't need. Terrence Ross, veteran, they're probably not going to resign. If they could get something for him, great. Um, personally, I'm a little skeptical about what a, a second-round pick or, or what late first-round picks are going to do for this organization, for this franchise right now, especially with so many young players and so few roster spots. I'm not inclined to believe that Terrence Ross is going to get very much, and, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if he gets bought out at the at the end of this at the end of the uh, deadline. 
Mo Bamba is a player that's the third center on this team and has fallen out of the rotation in, in a very significant way. Um, so again, RJ Hampton is a player fallen completely out of the rotation, a young player that maybe gets something. Who knows? But it, it, it's, this is not a team that is looking to sell off any major players. You know, uh, even a player like Cole Anthony, who's struggling a little bit this year, has enough potential that they can, can, can convince themselves at least to stick around and see what he looks like or, or still stay invested in him. I don't think the I mean, it, would it surprise me if the Magic do find a deal for Cole Anthony? No, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, really what, really the only way that the Magic might act this season, even, even, even beyond that, even looking to setting up the offseason, the Magic don't need to do that either. The Magic are one of the few teams that are going to have cap room. They could open up somewhere around $30 million in cap room this offseason if they want to, with all the various non-guarantees and contracts they have. They don't need to kind of maneuver things around to set up their offseason. Look, there's no denying it. We've all heard it. Shams Tarania of The Athletic reporting that the Phoenix Suns and the Orlando Magic are expected to be among the suitors for Toronto Raptors guard Fred Van Vliet. The Raptors are indeed a team that is selling. Um, or it appears that they are a team that is selling. They've kind of peaked and hit their ceiling as an organization. They need to maybe mix things up, either center their team around Pascal Siakam uh, or, or Scotty Barnes, uh, kind of sh- reshape the roster a little bit. They're probably about to lose Fred Van Vliet. There's, a good, there's, a de- there's at least a decent chance that the Raptors move Fred Van Vliet just to get something in return for him and begin to set up the next phase of that franchise. Now, would the Magic be the ones to do that immediately? I don't know. A lot of Magic fans have their hearts set on Gary Trent Jr. as a potential free agent this offseason too. The Magic have the money to sign those guys if they want them. Now, they could go out and get them now, get their bird rights, whatever it costs to get them, whatever. Um, That's certainly part of the equation and part of what's going to happen here at the trade deadline. Like I always say, I don't really care about specific rumors. I care about what those rumors say about what the Magic might be thinking or what this team might be thinking. Obviously, I think we can all sense that the Magic's biggest weakness right now is at guard. Um, you know, Markel Fultz is a solid game manager and guard, but he, Gary Harris, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs are struggling to score. And so certainly guard depth is a major concern. Shooting depth is a major concern, which Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. would assumedly um, provide some relief into. So there is some connecting the dots here. The Magic do have money. They they have they should be feeling a little bit aggressive. They should be feeling like they can push the envelope a little bit. Uh, but is that going to happen at the trade deadline? My gut reaction tells me no. And I, I, I'm I know I'm a little conservative. I, I'm a little hesitant to say the things that that teams will do things. And honestly, like most of the things that happen at the trade deadline are not the things that we predict. It's not the obvious thing. Stuff that gets to the gets to the press is usually a couple steps behind in the process. If, if if in my experience, like if something's getting to the press, there's a reason it's getting to the press. So my usual warning about trade deadline rumors persists. We don't know what the Magic are going to do or how the Magic are going to act, but they do have the chance to be splashy and to set themselves up well. I just feel like the main goals for the second half of the season aren't served by doing by making any trades. So what other questions do we have for the Magic now for the next 20 games for the second half of the season? Well, that's all tied up into this trade deadline discussion. We're going to chat a little bit about that, about the Magic's goals and 
how they fulfill those goals coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Rocket Money. If your New Year's goals are to manage your budget better and save money, then say goodbye to last year's outdated, disorganized methods for doing so. And say hello to Rocket Money, the better way to hack your finances in 2023. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. More than 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like that streaming service you bought to watch just one show on or that free trial that you never even used. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of a button. Simply find the subscription you don't want and press cancel. It's really that easy. And Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth to get your subscription canceled. And you know, sometimes when you do that, they charge you for the next month anyway. More than 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 per year. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel those unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA. Again, rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Trade deadline is obviously a big storyline for the rest of the season. Um, no, not going to deny that, not going to turn that around, but really it's it's of a piece of what the story is for the rest of the year and, and of a piece for what is going to happen now, what's going to happen next for this Orlando Magic team. The big question, I think, for the Orlando Magic for the next 20 games especially, um, this third quarter of the season, so until about the All-Star break, is can the Magic stay in the postseason chase? I think organizationally, Jeff Weltman, Jamal Mosley, the, 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 guys, the guys in the offices, they aren't going to talk about the postseason so explicitly. Because, and I think this is the right approach for them, because for them, this season is not about the playoffs. It's not about the playoffs, not about the postseason, not about the play-in. I'm using postseason because the play-in isn't technically the playoffs yet. It's it's a it's a thing. Um, but this season is not judged by whether they make the postseason or not. This season was always going to be judged based on internal improvement, development. However you want to describe that, winning is part of that equation. Now the players, it's a very different story for the players. The players do talk postseason. They do know where they sit in the standings. Four games behind the Chicago Bulls for that 10th seed, by the way. Uh, They do know where they sit in the standings because to them, this is the carrot. So taking it all into consideration, 
a huge goal for the Orlando Magic this season was to play meaningful, competitive games later into the season. At this time last year, we were already counting ping pong balls. We were already on Tankathon. We were already doing lottery spins. The, the, season, the season was over beyond just how good is Franz Wagner really? Can Cole Anthony get back to where he was in the first quarter of the season? Will Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz come back? That's what we were talking about last January. This January is different. This January, we are seeing a team that is, yes, on the outskirts of the playoff race, but in the playoff race nonetheless, trying to make up for a first quarter of the season that was really slow and really bad, but has essentially been a 500 team since. The Magic, if I'm not mistaken, are 10 and, t- are 10, and 10 in their last 20 games. Um, they are essentially a 500 team, playing, playing as a slightly below 500 team uh, according to the statistics over their last 20 or so games, last 15 games or so. This is kind of the fundamental tipping point for the team. Because really what this season is about, and it's something we've hit on this show several times, and it's going to be a theme. It's got the word of the third quarter of the season is consistency. Can you do the same thing over and over and over every night? Can you start stringing together wins, doing the right things more often than not, enough times to pick up victories, to pick up wins? That's what this season is about now. And, and whether the team is successful or not is going to depend on whether they accomplish these things, whether these goals are met, whether these goals are reached. That's, that's sort of what's at stake now. That's kind of the, the dividing line, the, the clear vision for what comes next for the Orlando Magic. They have to start playing at a more consistent level. They have to start playing at, at, at they, they have to start winning more. <laughs> like, like it's, 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 it's a silly thing. It's a simple thing. But this is what the season is about. Can they carve their identity? Can they make their defense their, their thing? Can they play defense at the high level that we've seen them play at for long stretches enough to get wins? And then can they string enough of those wins to make the playoffs? It's not about making the postseason. I do not care if they make the postseason or not this year. That is not the team's goal. And, and I do agree that that should not be the team's goal. That's not how we're going to judge this season. Because if, if the goal is to make the postseason by all means necessary, then you got to start doing things at the trade deadline. That's not what's important right now. What's important is playing in these meaningful games. Putting some internal pressure to say, hey, we got to win tonight. We got to beat Washington on Saturday. Let's, let's, let's make it real. Saturday night, the Orlando Magic traveled to D.C. to take on the Washington Wizards. That is a six-point game. Next week, the Magic hosts, next Saturday, the Magic hosts the Chicago Bulls. That is a six-point game. If you don't know what a six-point game is, uh, in soccer, you get three points for a win. So when you play the team directly or above you, d- directly above or below you in the standings, it's called a six-pointer because it's essentially a six-point swing. The winning team gets three. The losing team loses th- essentially loses a chance of three points. It's a big, big game. Now, are those must-win games? No. Like, like it, that, that pressure isn't there, but they have to know that beating those two teams in successive weeks, that's going to help them pick up a game. That's going to help them, you know, essentially with Chicago, clinch the tiebreaker. With Toronto... Clinched a tie, they've clinched a tiebreaker with those two wins earlier in the year. 
These are huge, huge moments. And this is pressure that the Magic need to feel. Because at the end of the day, nothing tells you more about your roster than playoff basketball. Nothing tells you about what needs to improve and how you need to develop than seeing players play in these pressure games. Seeing these do-or-die games. I still see Magic fans who are like, we need one more bite at the lottery apple. We need to be as bad as we can. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This team is clearly good enough to win games. We need to see what they need to win more games, to get better, to figure out which of these young players is ready to step up to the plate, ready for continued investment, or which ones we need to move on from, as hard as that might be. And Jeff Fulton cannot make those decisions if the games in April don't matter, if the games in March don't matter. We need to see who will stand up to this pressure. Now, so far, I would say there are definitely some concerns or definitely some holes. There's no denying those things. But I would say so far, we are seeing this team step up to the pressure pretty well. We're seeing this team figure these things out on the fly and figuring them out very, very quickly to the point that, hey, the Magic are essentially a 500 team over the last month of the season, month and a half of the season. And that may not sound like much, but it is progress from a team that won 22 games last year. The team has made significant progress. I mean, we're the Magic are on pace to win 30, 31, 32 games, which is, you know, again, not the biggest jump in the world, but still a pretty sizable jump for this for this franchise and for this young team. It at least sets a new baseline. It sets a new floor for the group. The second half of the season is very much about how much this team can win. And how much this team can learn how to win. There's going to be pitfalls. There's going to be mistakes. There's going to be ups and downs. So, so don't overreact to one thing or, or, or one loss or one game. It's about the long stretch, the long arc of time. And this, But for this team, for this third quarter of the season, these next 20 games, whether the Magic can stay in the play-in chase or whether they will fade, to the, fade further back, these 20 games are important to set up the mad dash to the end of the season to make that last quarter of the season, that post-All-Star break part of the season, really, really matter. How are the Magic going to do that? Well, that's the one big question that I have for this team. We're going to chat about the team's defense coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis this season. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college basketball to the NBA, and plenty more. They've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Check out the latest odds on Coach of the Year, on Rookie of the Year, and plenty more of the individual awards in the NBA over at BetOnline. The fastest and easiest way to get all your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
I think that the biggest difference for this Orlando Magic team, the biggest thing that's going to determine whether they're able to kind of accomplish these goals and take that big next step uh, toward winning and, and, and toward potentially a postseason push in the final quarter of the season, I think the big thing on that is going to be their defense. Throughout the whole season, the Magic have shouted from the rooftops, we are going to hang our hat on the defensive end. We are going to hang our hat on being a strong defensive team and defending the paint well. And they have had their moments. But overall, it's been rough. The Magic are still 23rd in the league in defensive rating. So bottom 10 in both defensive rating and offensive rating. So all that postseason talk that I just had, the numbers aren't supporting that they're going to get there, that they're going to do it. they still got a lot of work to do. And again, that's part of the development that we want to see and we want to see continue to happen. For this Magic team then, so much of what we're about to see, of what's going to happen, is indeed focused on tightening up the team's defense, on getting better on the defensive end. That is where the Magic can find most of their success. That is where the Magic can find their ability to really beat teams. And they know how good they can be defensively. Just look at the way they played the second half against Denver. Look at the way they played in the fourth quarter against Utah. They can play one good quarter defensively and and give themselves a real chance to beat these good teams. But if they actually want to beat them, they got to actually buckle down and do it. Uh, They got to rebound better. The Magic, I think, are ranked 14th in the league in uh, defensive rebound rate. But over the last 10, 15 games, they're in the 20s. They're like 23rd. Their offensive offensive rebound rate that they give up jumps to like 28%, which is not good. Not a good number. Um, they got to do better defending without fouling. While the Magic are, are middle of the pack as well in opponent free throw rate, they seem to foul at the worst times. They seem to, to give up fouls in bunches, and when their defense struggles, you can bet opponents are getting to the foul. And one of the big keys to watch for in Friday's game against New Orleans, New Orleans is very good at getting to the foul line, just like Orlando is. Very good at getting to the foul line. And honestly, like this is the hardest thing for most young teams to understand. It is always harder for young teams to understand how defense travels and how important it is to be locked in and settled defensively. Because if you're locked in and settled defensively, that makes offense easier. Now, I would argue that for most of the season, Orlando's half-court defense has been pretty good. Where they've run into trouble is when they miss, a bu- when they miss shots, they're late in transition. That's when they get a little disorganized and discombobulated. But then again... Their defense, their offense is fed by their defense. When they're defending well, they get out in transition more, they get better shots, they're feeling better. But when they're missing shots, their defense can be significantly weakened too. It's all it's all connected. It's hard to like separate the two. They're all connected. The bottom line for this Orlando Magic team is though, they're only gonna go as far as their defense takes them. When they're on their win streak, they had a top 10 defense. We talked about it toward the end of last season, how having a strong defense was the key to this team taking a big step forward. It's still that way. And if the Orlando Magic want to take that big leap, if the Magic want to be a team that challenges for a postseason spot, they're going to have to defend a whole lot better. Those are my big questions for the third quarter of the season. Of course, when Jonathan Isaac's going to come back is a big one. I do wonder as well 
about uh, how big of a presence Paolo Bencaro and Franz Wagner will have at the All-Star Game and how soon they'll be in the Sunday game. That's probably not going to be this year. But you can check out all these questions over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. We'll be diving deep into the third quarter of the season. Getting back to the Magic as they practice today. We'll talk a little about what they talked about uh, over the past two days of practice on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Sorry for coming out a little bit late. I did get my computer back, so you could probably tell uh, the audio quality is better, the video quality is better for those watching on YouTube. Uh, So thank you for sticking with me through one episode uh, on my backup computer. My computer's battery is fine. It's all good now. But I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast enable listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can find us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to make your second listen to the Game to Game NBA podcast. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. That's good to do for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily, Locked On Magic, this is Phil Frost. Next time, another episode of Locked On. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 